Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. All right. I am Gary Michael Schultz, and this is Cinematic Quicksand. I'd like to introduce the man who never commits a penalty and never takes a playoff. He is the ultimate teammate, my co-host, The Doge. Yeah, damn right, Gary. No plays off, no days off. That's my attitude. I am so jacked up. Jacked up for this episode, brother? I'm ready for some football. That's what I'm talking about, man. So uh, on this episode of Cinematic Quicksand, we're going to be talking four quarters. What is that, Doge? Oh, we're going four quarters. That means we're doing four football films. You are one of the biggest professional football fans that I know. How stoked are you for this upcoming NFL season? I am so stoked. It's really what I live for. I've just realized that like how people have like winter depression. I have the complete opposite. Like I'm my happiest during football season, you know? Like <laughs> I love the sport. It's just so awesome. It's so gladiators battling it out and giant coliseums and these dudes are crazy athletic and can do freakish things that like I would never be able to do. These guys are running 40 yards in 4.2 seconds, you know, or just like bench pressing 225 pounds, like 50 times. You're like, they're freaks and they're so awesome to watch. And I love playing fantasy football and I just love football and I can't wait to talk about football. And I'm all about it, dude. I'm like full meathead mode right now. No, I see it, man. You're almost as excited as I was when we did the Transformers <laughs> This is my episode. Transformers, dude. <laughs> NFL is my Transformers, man. And it's weird because, you know, there's not a lot of people that both love like movies and football no but you are a sports fan and a film fanatic and i think that that's something we both have shared but we've always been artists and always been in the cinema so hey man we you know we dip our toes in both pools yeah exactly while we're on that subject i'll admit i am a sucker for sports films yeah that's your vibe dude. you really do like uh sports movies anyone and what's great is if i don't like a sports movie you are so angry at me for not liking a sports but i have to like every sports movie if i say and eh, that movie's all right be like what are you talking about? But it's great. Sports movies, you know what you're getting into. You know, you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to see some sports, obviously. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to probably see a love story that's like, meh. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to see some uh, bro drama. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that. Yeah. And I'm going to see an underdog hopefully prevail. Yep. So uh, how do you want to kick this episode off, man? Well, I think the only proper way is to start you know, where football begins. And that's, you know, some high school football in the great state of Texas. We're talking Friday night lights. Can you live in that moment as best you can with clear eyes and love in your heart? Yes. The 2004 movie directed by Pete Berg. We have Billy Bob Thornton as the coach. Gary, Gary Gaines. Gaines. Gary Gaines coming into town, going to win a state championship. Love the Garys. And then uh, you have Lucas Black as Mike Winchell, you know, the QB with the alcoholic father, Garrett Hedlum, as uh, Don Bigglesey. Also with an alcoholic father. <laughs> also. <laughs> and then you have Derek Luke as Booby Miles. What's up, Booby? Uh, the Perryman High Panthers, which is the lifeblood of Odessa. So it's really about this high school football team and how important it is to this little shitty town. And these high school kids are just crushed with the pressure of winning a state championship because that's what everybody in this town talks about. They live for it. So it's all about that town and can they spawn someone that goes pro, that lifts the town up, that puts them on the map. What about the expectations of coaching a team like this in a community like this? This is based on the true story of the 1988 uh, Perriman Panthers, I believe, and yes. uh, basically their attempt at winning a championship. And uh, this film also spawned a very popular television show that ran five seasons. Yes. See, and I haven't seen that show or this movie. Embarrassing me out here. You ridiculed me every time it was brought up, and you were shocked every time I told you. I mean, like, <laughs> we had like a discussion like a dozen times. We're like, how have you not seen this? And then I finally saw it, and I got to say, I am a fan, dude. You get great performances from Billy Bob, who is definitely the Texas coach I would not want. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to have to do better than I think so. Is that clear? And it just like throws you into this world. How would you describe Pete Berg's style? Yeah, he, he kind of does this like hyper-realistic documentary style, for better lack of terms, uh, shaky cam. Yeah. It works in this film. That along with the performances and the writing, they make you feel for these characters, these high school kids, the pressure they're under. The football in this film is actually really well choreographed and quite brutal. You sometimes forget these are high school kids. Yeah. You know, because they have like real life adult pressures. Yeah, and it does it in like not a, because it, could sound so cheesy. It's I mean, it's a little. I mean, it's it got a little, a little cheese. cheese. It's got a little, a little parmesan, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like it's not eye rolling cheese. Right? It's just like the right amount. Like, I, but I again, like I'm an apologist. So if you give me yeah. some eye rolling cheese in my sports film, I will be okay with that. But what was so cool about this movie that I was really impressed with this is like the football rocks, dude. I mean, these kids are kicking the shit out of each other. Your job is to be blocking for boob. I don't care if your daddy is over there crying. I mean, there's a lot of blood. I mean, every kid's like just bleeding and you're like, wow, this is like, this is a hardcore uh, high school football right here. And then you got some awesome montages. And dude, the Stooges montage. Dude, I lose my mind when I hear the Stooges, I want to be your dog. With that the piano note over dun, and over dun, again, dun, dun, I'm just dun, dun, like, dun, 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 I'm like dun, jacked dun, dun, up. I'm ready to like run right through the wall, dude. Yeah, I'm ready yeah. to play some football. It's um, an excellent choice. Yeah, so I love that stuff. Um, but it was just like, it's, it was a funny situation they put in because like you do care for these kids. You're like, man, they're so, they're under so much pressure. And then everybody around them that's rooting for them are like total assholes. <laughs> You're like, I want the kid to succeed, but I also want those assholes to feel like shit too. Like yeah, they're like, I yeah. hope they lose because fuck that guy. It's a problem. It's kind of like the Chicago Bears fans, really. That's just how I feel. Really, about we're going to go there with that. That's why I'm just not. I had to get my one in. But that's some bullshit. <laughs> you yeah. don't want them to succeed, but you're watching this movie, and at the end, I don't want to give it away because maybe what they win, maybe they don't. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not even this. about that. It might be about the journey. Um, oh, but you see, that's loser talk, exactly, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but you see how the people that came before them, uh, how they're. Essentially, the town is living vicariously through these teenagers. And so they're channeling all of their angst, all their desire through kids. Yeah. And making them play football. That looks like it fucking hurts. <laughs> Gladiator. Like, yeah, just the, getting smashed and flipped up in the air. You're like, Jesus Christ. So uh, tell me why you can't hold on to the ball. What was funny is that I had no idea that to get into the playoffs and like Texas rules or whatever, if two teams tie the way they do the overtime is they just flip a coin. Oh and yeah, man. That's how you do everything. It's one of two things. It's paper, rock, scissors, or it's flip a coin. You flip a coin and it determines whether school goes to the playoffs and the other school goes home. And it's just, it's funny because I thought about the scene in no country for old men where uh -huh. Anton Chigurh says like, what, what was the most you lost in a coin toss? And just some Texas coach be like, well, funny thing you mentioned that, you know about Texas high school football. See, that was this time I was in this. <laughs> I like that they flipped the coin at a barbecue joint. Yeah. It's not like some like town hall or like a school <laughs> or something like that. It's like the three coaches meet up at a barbecue joint with the yeah. team captains yeah, and right they flip a coin with every news camera that is available in the 50-yard radius recording it. Play your ass off. Win state. Be perfect. All that shit. Um, give me some fun facts, man, about Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah, so Pete Berg, you know, he wants that movie to be authentic, you know, and yeah. uh, he was upset with some of the actors playing the assistant coaches, and he just said, screw it, and he got coaches from the Perriman High School football team to say some lines even, uh, you know, in the film. So, nice, oh. nice. Authenticity, man. And um, there was a time where Richard Linkletter was attached to direct this, and what, that would have been a wow. different style of movie. I mean, Link letters i mean obviously G, yeah that would have been, been a completely different film uh, yeah i don't think it would have had that same feeling that uh pete berg's movie did. no it wouldn't it probably have that, movie, that but raw just grit like, but yeah. i think uh we he would get deep into those characters man you walk away from me when i'm talking to you you hear me and you can watch friday night lights on netflix so check that out if you decide to accept that you're gonna seriously fly son all right doge what do we got next man so you graduated high school and go to college or you or you do whatever you want honestly but if you're yeah. a football player chances are you go to uh, college yeah it's hard to be a walk-on and i mean what other college football movie is there but 1993's the program what's your assignment kill the quarterback 
Hit the tight end so hard his girlfriend dies. Kill everybody. Nice. Um, I will say there are other college football movies. <laughs> I do not know of them. <laughs> but the program must be talked about. Directed by David S. Ward, this film stars James Kahn as coach Sam Winters. Omar Epps, who is the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, <laughs> yes. as Darnell Jefferson, a very young Halle Berry playing Autumn Haley. Craig Sheffer from Lord of Illusions as Joe Kane and Christy Swanson as the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow, yeah, that's that's a cast right there. That is a cast, man, the program. So I'd like each of you to talk about what you like best about football and what you're most proud of off the field. So basically what it is, it's about several different players from all over the country that go to a college and it's the pressures they deal with being a major football university that is driven to win at just about any cost. So uh, much like the pressure of the small town on the high school kids, it's the pressure of the uh, college board on these college kids. So Yeah, it's just everything and their own pressure, up. All, yeah. the, all the dumb shit they... That, you know, kids do on their own. Yeah, just about every character here either has a alcoholism problem, a drug habit, uh, a learning disability. They are wild. It, it's crazy. And it's, it's like you think that, you know, and these college football players are like, I don't know, 21, 20, some, you know, like even though homeboy Craig Shepard uh, was like 33 years old in this movie and he looks every bit about it too. You're like, Damn, Dan, like, there's no way you're your college senior. Like, hey, man, you don't know when he started. Van Wilder going on. <laughs> Probably. It's your fault like that. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner, boys. On four. Ready? Movies that kind of has this cult status because when it first came out, there was a scene that you can no longer find in the film almost anywhere where the players, a bunch of them laid down on the center of a uh, road yeah, on like the on the divider exactly the, exactly the and cars are and yeah cars are whizzing by well I guess some kids in real life did that the weekend it came out because it's fucking yeah. stupid but they did and <laughs> uh, it did not turn out really well no, yeah it, it I think a couple out, kids yeah. died like yeah. first off that is insane like it's I'm, tragic so they pulled the scene from the film and the film from theaters um, I believe it went back into theaters yeah, for a short they while took it out but yeah. it really became kind of more popular because of the really messed up shit that happened. Exactly. Everyone's just like, oh yeah, that's the movie with that scene cut out. You didn't think I was going to find you, did you? This is just ramped up to 11. You have the, the alcoholic star quarterback. You have... Uh, yeah, Craig Sheffer. I believe you said he was 33 and looks 43. Yes. Riding a motorcycle and, you know, going over jumps. Just move and react. There are some awesome things in this movie. First off, the movie starts with like five minutes into it, you get a Guns N' Roses montage. Thing. Anytime you give me a GNR montage, especially in the first five minutes, oh, dude. I mean, you've got me. You've got me. I'm there. That's the thing about sports movies is just the montages. Like you're going to have to have a badass montage and you need a badass song. And Welcome to the Jungle is an awesome song to open training camp with. Yeah, like, and it's right. hard, and you're in the jungle, man, because you're in the program. Mommy, me? But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, the great thing about football is uh, that you can lose yourself in it. So tell me about Dwayne Davis and Andrew Bernarski. Oh, these dudes are the psycho defensive players, you know? You have Dwayne Davis as the middle linebacker who just, you know, screams a Senities at the opposing quarterbacks. Hey, 23! Don't think I don't recognize you, you poop butt motherfucker. And then you have Andrew, who um, plays in just about every football movie. Starting defense! And when you look at this guy, he is bigger than any football player I've ever he seen. He is massive. Yeah. He should have been a professional wrestler. For sure. He's, he is gigantic, and he plays the player that's on steroids. So before the game, they just uh, smash each other's shoulder pads and then spit in each other's mouths. And it's cool because like, <laughs> I think we, we need to come clean, and that's exactly how we start our podcast right now. You know, We just fucking bang. Oh, we should just tell everybody yeah. that's what we yeah, do. That's we what smash we do. each other that's, in the that's shoulders. That's the secret and, spice to this. And we spit in each other's mouths. <laughs> Like, oh, that's so gross. And it also kind of like makes me miss uh, my ex-girlfriend too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a response to that. 
Uh, but anyway, no, what's what's funny about the uh, Andrew character is that he comes back after the off season and he gains 35 pounds of muscle. And in one off like, season, everyone's like, this guy's clearly on steroids. And James Conner's like, nah, it's, you could gain 35 pounds of muscle in the summer <laughs> if you hit the gym. Because I think at one point in time, James Conn believed he could. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no problem. And he's also like headbutting windows. You're like, yeah, you think that guy's not. Oh, yeah, on when steroids? he realizes he becomes starting defense, he goes through the parking lot putting his head through car windows and just smashing them. And the assistant coaches see this and they're like, yeah! Yeah! I think we ought to tell coach. Hell no, you don't want to know about this. And then obviously he does something horrible and uh, gets a little sexual assault case. And then that's kind of weird. And then that kind of, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, that kind of makes dude. you not like the character, but then when he comes back after he gets suspension. clean and then he starts doing drugs again. Yeah. But, his arc is actually one of the most powerful. I will yeah, say Yeah, I mean, that. really it is. Let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Kahn, all yeah. right? Fantastic actor, great actor, one of the all-time greats. But you have an opinion about him in this film. Yeah, I think he kind of just mails it in, dude. <laughs> like, what? what's the big James Kahn moment in this movie that you can remember? Like, that, like where's the speech at? I don't remember it. Like, his Get out of my speech. office before I knock the piss out of you. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the line. We're like, okay. And that, that dude cool. gets the fuck out of I that mean, office. Clearly, I was like, all right. But where's, his, where's that fire at? You know? He just I don't know if he needs over it. it. He's just like. But is he bad? No, he's not, obviously. He's not. James Conn on Cruise Control is still better than most actors all out. Absolutely. He still has a presence. You're like, all right, no one's going to tell James Conn to be like, maybe uh, give it a little bit. I mean, how could you be so stupid? Stupid. Uh, Hit me with some fun facts about this film. I have one fun fact as I looked on IMDb, and this fun fact, this is the second movie of Holly Berry's that starts with a football game in the rain. That's very specific. What was the first? The first one was Last Boy Scout, which obviously could be on this list because it <laughs> has the talk about it. best some opening ever. There just to, wasn't quite enough football. Yeah, there was just really like one football scene, two but football the, scenes. Yeah, really. but the Damon Wayans Bruce Willie was really attractive to do. Yeah. Uh, maybe some other time. Like, again, when you talk about like everybody in Friday Night Lights, they're all, the kids are all likable. They're trying. But all these kids in this, they're like, you're all so unlikable. If you really look at it, you know, you have just an alcoholic QB that's just, well, whatever. at least he comes from a fucked up family of alcoholics. So it's maybe not a hundred percent his fault, but he does have the reckless. Yeah. It's your responsibility yeah. though. You know, exactly. That's exactly. It's your life. And, <laughs> and yeah, you know, the defensive players like, no. And then you have Omar Epps. Who's just, I don't know. Maybe he's the most likable. He is the most likable. And you know what? I know you got a soft place for Omar Epps in your heart. I know you do. I do. So, whatever, I guess. (laughs) You do. I know. I ain't no statistic. Comes up in conversations often. I don't know why. I mean, I... He just does. It's weird, but he does. All right. I'll be putting juice on. All of a sudden, Omar Epps is being talked about for the next two hours. I I guess I like me some Omar Epps, bro. (laughs) Uh, Where can people see the program? You can see it on... An illegal link on YouTube, or you can rent it somewhere. Best thing is when you hit a guy, you know it's killing it, but you feel great. It's just him and you, and he's the one that's hurting. It is halftime. We have used the restroom. Yep. Waited through the long lines to refill our beers. Got that $14 Bud Light. <laughs> Who is playing at your halftime show right now? You know, I'm going with Creed. I'm going to go with the, their performance. We're long, we're <laughs> and he's flying across the field all majestically like it's Thanksgiving Day. And everyone's just like, wow, this is so weird. <laughs> Are um, you going with Creed because we're talking about the year 2000? That's the only uh, That's the only time. Like, that's the only time Creed would make sense. That would be the only time to actually talk about them would be the year 2000. Yes. And in the year 2000, we had a movie come out called The Replacements. Here's a list of people I've been keeping my eye on over the years. They've all played football somewhere. Not all of them in the pros. But they all have something unique to bring to the game. Directed by Howard Deutsch. It's starring Gene Hackman as coach Jimmy McGinty. Keanu Reeves Keanu. As, Shane as Shane Falco. Falco. Ohio State quarterback that blew in the Sugar Bowl. And then you got Orlando Jones. You might remember him from the Sprite commercials. Uh, he's Clifford Franklin. Brooke Langton as the impossibly hot 
Annabelle Farrell. And then we also have Phase on Love coming back again. Two shows in a row. Um, Big worm. And then finally, John Favreau, the guy who created the Marvel Universe and directed Iron Man as Bateman, the crazy middle linebacker, as you know, is a staple for football movie. I'm going to take those people and try to put together a winning team. If nothing else, they should be fun to watch. So what this movie's about, it's like kind of loosely based off the NFL strike in 87 when there was a couple games where the NFL uh, used some uh, scab players. and Replacement players. Yeah. Replacements. Scabs. I guess the scabs. <laughs> if the movie was called The Scabs, it probably wouldn't <laughs> go as well. I think people would think it's a different film. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, it's about that time where, you know, they had some replacement players play some football. And you get this ragtag group of football players, former football players players just athletes and second chances never got a chance yeah and gene hackman wrangling cats and making this team a winner you know for the moment it's going to be tough enough just putting an offense and defense together in less than a week we're going to go a different way different way i actually really enjoy this movie yeah? it is a soft watch i will admit that but once again i am the sports movie apologist you get keanu reeves basically bringing back his performance from point break as johnny utah except he's not an fbi agent yet but he did play for the same fucking college yeah, both from ohio state which is insane it had to be intentional it had so, to be because ohio state never produces good quarterbacks so probably that's probably what it is <laughs> <laughs> it's just shane falco shane falco footsteps falco from ohio state the same God, he, he hasn't played in years. Should be well-rested then. Keanu Reeves just gets wrecked every time. The hits are brutal. It's fun. Is it like the most obvious comedy? Yeah. Do you know, At times, definitely. Do you know exactly what's going to happen in this movie in the first five minutes? Of course. You know, you're like, yes, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. But that's okay. I'm not mad at that. You know, it's still like, it's still a fun movie. I'll still get some jokes. And obviously, Keanu is just so cool. And Gene Hackman's Gene Hackman. You're know, like, all right. Anytime he's on screen, you're just, you're perked up a little bit. Let's play some football! Gene Hackman just chews scenery without even trying. And I'm not saying I forgot about Gene Hackman. can't forget about Gene Hackman, but I was just like, oh, because he just straight retired, and it was just like, gone, boom, disappeared. And it's like, that's cool when actors do that. Yeah, was that after like, Royal Tenenbaums or something? I think so. It was around just that just time, like, I Yeah, know. you just checked out, and you're like, and then you go back to his catalog, and you're like, oh my God, he's great in... 20 movies. He had bangers, man. Like, holy cow. But it's a fun movie. There are a few things, though, I have an issue with here. Please elaborate. So the players go on strike, and then, you know, you have the tryouts, the players come in, and they're trying out, and then you see the cheerleaders are having tryouts. And this is like, why are we why are we getting new cheerleaders? Like, did the other cheerleaders go on strike too? Like, they're not part of the players' association. Like, why are the cheerleaders like on strike too? I don't know enough about this to, to understand the logic. I would assume they're different associations. Yeah, I don't think. I, first of all, I don't think the the cheerleaders are unionized. They should be, but I don't think they are, and I don't think they're with the players. Not Unless, for fifty bucks a day that homegirls right? getting paid. Maybe it's in solidarity where the the chicks are like, all right, we'll we'll not play with. If you're not playing, which it would be very impressive, but I just don't. It's kind of a weird thing. So it's like, why? Why do you have to throw that? That in didn't there? make a lot of sense that because you have to manufacture that. You know that love interest. Look at this mama gem. Also, so the main QB is going on strike because he wants five million dollars a year. So this is pretty funny. That twenty years ago, Segway plays Nick Cage's father in Ghost Rider. Oh yes. Anyways. So anyway, him. <laughs> he goes on strike because he wants $5 million a year. So little did he know, in 20 years, Andy Dalton would be making twice that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy to think that the... And what's Pat Mahomes making? He's making $45 million a year. So, so in 20 years... $5 million for a guy that won two Super Bowls. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, a backup gets paid more than that now. Exactly. So, Especially if you're on the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> for, for real, right? Two of them are. <laughs> what's crazy about this is... Like, so he, like, you know, he goes on strike, and then he comes back for the playoffs. But he's the only one that crossed the line. So no other players, like no other new players are back on the team. So he's the only one that crossed the picket line to play in the playoff game with a team that isn't professional against a professional team. Like, why would that quarterback do that move? The only reasoning is that he's a fucking asshole and did it to stick it to Johnny Utah. 
Um, <laughs> Shane Falco, but Johnny Utah. I stand by what I said. <laughs> who do you? Yeah, Johnny Utah versus Shane Falco. Ooh, who who wins, man? I feel like Shane Falco would probably be the better football player simply because he doesn't have the knee issue. Yeah, but Johnny Utah's got the FBI skills and can surf, bro. Yeah, and like jump out of a plane. Yeah, yeah. He can you know what? Shoot guns into the air. I'm sorry, Shane. I'm going Johnny Utah. Yeah, it's that's a wild card, bro. Shane, you get props because holy hell. Yeah, way way to go, Shane Falco. It was kind of weird when Shane Falco goes into kiss the hottest woman on earth, and John Madden is just talking he's over it, and he's going in for the score. You're like, what the? What the fuck? He got hit with a left hook by his own guy. He was looking at his ear hole for a minute. God this isn't damn, a good sign. Just heavy breathing, John Madden. It's the last thing you want. He's gonna score. Like, right on, John. Yeah, get it. Jesus. But yeah, and also, there are some questionable music choices in this song. Like what? Personally, I don't think you should play Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch more than once. Uh, actually, more than zero times, to be honest. <laughs> they play it twice. And in this movie, they play it twice. Feel it. Feel it. Feel the vibrations. And you're like, all right, I get it. And, get it. and then they're like, well, Did we're going to- Did you gonna, feel it? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to play the song again if you didn't feel it. And it was weird. And then you get like everybody dance now. That just seems like a little kind of a dated song even at that point. And I get that they're like comedy songs, but football movies need cool music montages and you need the badass song. And they always chose like bad songs, I felt. That's the one thing I was just like, oh man, there's no Guns N' Roses Welcome to the Jungle. There's There's no no Stooges. Stooges, You know, you get Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's Mm. just, that's why. Danny! Remember what I told you about red shirts in practice? Yeah. Forget about it. Okay. The bros got to go out to the bar, have a couple drinks, get in a bar fight, go to jail, and now they're a team. That happens in a lot of sports movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah, it's a good trope. <laughs> got to go out with the guys and get in a fight. That's my quarterback you're talking about. <laughs> and um, I'm here to defend him. <laughs> Two more rest. Expert at pushing people around. So uh, I have a fun fact about this movie. So there's this character, Wilkerson, Michael Jace, who is a character that came from prison and is afraid to go back into prison, you know? So they they get him on like work release to play on this football team. Okay. Thing about that is in 2016, Jace was convicted of second degree murder and killing of his wife and was sentenced to prison for 40 years. Jesus. That is not funny. Yeah, that's actually, it's, it's not a fun fact. It's a sad fact, but you know what? It's, it's a still fucked fact. up fact. It's, it's a fucked up fact, but it's still a fact. So Yeah, wow. Yeah, crazy. Is that, it's like life imitating yeah, art. Yeah, I was going to say, or art imitating, I don't know. What is it, man? Yeah. I know, coach, but I see that red. I just want to go after it like a bull, you know? So we were watching the trailer to this film before we watched the actual film. Yeah. And in the trailer... We discovered that during the climactic speech that Keanu gives in the huddle, yeah, Mr. Johnny Utah, <laughs> Shane Falco, he says Utah. the words "chicks dig scars." Dude, when when we heard that line, you just your eyes popped, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And we, I've no, I've heard you say "chicks dig scars." multiple times and i've seen you write it down several times i have written that line into at least five screenplays and (laughs) one of those screenplays got made and about five years ago we made a film called vincent and roxy emile hirsch and zoe kravitz are the leads and in a particular scene emery cohen who plays emile's brother yeah and his girlfriend kate played by zoe deutsch you see where this is going? Uh-huh. Emery spits out the line after the getting his ass kicked, mouth full of blood, chicks dig scars. Nice. And then Emil goes off to go beat some ass, right? Yeah. Well, what's insane is that the replacements was directed by Howard Deutsch, and his daughter was in the scene, Zoe Deutsch. And what? we didn't figure it out until five years later. And I know I've heard that line before, and I've never yeah. heard it before this film, but holy shit. It was hilarious. When we were watching this trailer, we heard the line, we are like, whoa. That's crazy. And then the trailer ended, and you're like, Howard Deutsch directed this. And we, our minds exploded. We were like, bro, it was just like a weird, like the universe was synced up, bro. It's there like, was it some was synergy be, going dude. on. There it was, was some synergy going on. Um, yeah. You can check out Vincent and Roxy on Prime, <laughs> and you can check out me uh, stealing a line from the yeah, replacements. I mean, I got to say, Vincent and Roxy is definitely in the top two movies uh, that 
contain the line chicks take scars. I can easily say that. Bro. I easily, you know what? Yep. I so congrats. I'll bud. own that. I'll own that. I bet Howard Deutsch watched Vincent Roxy was just like, that bastard. That motherfucker <laughs> stole my shit. Howard Deutsch remembered. Maybe Zoe didn't realize it, but it was Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm expecting a, a, a dirty email or phone call from him years later. Uh, that's oh, great, man. Dude. Chicks do dig scars. Where do you watch replacements at? Um currently you're gonna have to rent that one on Amazon or Apple. That's a three dollar rental. Yeah. But uh I did it, so can you. Yeah. For Keanu. Pain heels. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. All right, Gary, it's the fourth quarter. We got like what down by six. Down by six. How many minutes I got on the clock? You got two minutes and thirty six seconds. Ooh. I'm One time out. I'm taking advantage of that two minute warning. You're at All the right. 18 yard line. Oh, oh. There go 92 yards. Oh. What do we know? I thought you meant the other 18 yard line. <laughs> How many yards are you adding to this? <laughs> you got to go 372 yards. Can well, you do it? Here's what I'll tell you, man. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. Yeah. That's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. I'm talking about 1999's Oliver Stone directed football opus. <laughs> yeah, the opus, the epic that is any given Sunday. Two hours and 45 minutes starring Al Pacino as coach Tony D'Amato, Dennis Quaid as Jack Caproni, oh, Jamie yeah. Foxx as Will Beeman, LL Cool J as Julian Washington, and Cameron Diaz as Christina Paganici. And uh, Paganici. Paganici. And uh, uh, yeah, this movie, um, two hours and 45 minutes, and 40 minutes of it is in slow motion, and <laughs> the other 20 minutes of it's long like, as all clouds and this. And yeah, it is a wild movie that I saw a few years ago and I didn't really like, and I watched it a couple days ago, and I still don't really like it. It's one of those films I think a lot of people remember enjoying, but it kind of has some of that residual Oliver Stone, Natural Born Killers, not as experimental, U-turn-esque cutting to it. I don't know what to say, really. Just to backtrack a little bit, um, it's essentially about the life of an NFL player, the behind the scenes, the relationships, how the business is run. Right, all the drama and the politics and the mind games that come with playing in the professional football league. It is not the NFL because no way the NFL would allow a movie to show their players like this. The NFL's like, hell no, you are not putting the NFL logo and then watching football players snort coke off of boobs and take blowjobs in bathrooms. We don't want to be associated with this. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. It's it's kind of like the the old coach, the old school coach, and now you have the new owner that is... I was, you know what? I'll admit it. When when we were picking these out and we decided to do any given Sunday, I knew that (laughs) I was in for some Al Pacino. I'm impressed it took you this long, dude. It it was a lot of restraint I showed, I have to admit. Yeah, good for Um, you, man. Restraint is something that Oliver Stone showed none of in, <laughs> in this movie. No restraint. My name is Willie. I keep the ladies craving and all my fans got screaming. You can defeat me. But what's crazy is that this movie, it, it's so epic and it's try, trying to tell like a thousand stories in 10,000 different ways. It's just like, what are we trying to tell here? I, it, like everything's just so chopped up. He's trying to make a different kind of football film. He really and is. And I don't know that I need a different kind of football film. That. Not that this is an experimental film, but there's moments where, you know, you get a character talking and it cuts to a shot of them standing still spaced out looking into fucking sky yeah and you're just hearing them talk and so if those are the moments that felt very natural born killers-esque to me right he i mean he's definitely experimenting and he's taking risks and hey bravo to you yeah i'm not hating on that but it's just like yeah there's a there's a cool movie in here but it's it's definitely lacking a lot of heart you know like when you think of all the sports movies we've talked about there's like some type of heart in here and what's like you know, the only heart of this movie is the four-minute Al Pacino 
speech. Like you don't need to watch this movie if you're like, I love uh, any given Sunday. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm gonna watch it again. Fast forward to the don't end. Even, yeah, just go to YouTube and type in the Al Pacino speech, and I just saved you two hours and forty minutes of your life. Yeah, like. That's what I think. I mean, this that's the best part. Like, you're like, Al Pacino kills that speech. But even that, like, there's no, like, I don't know if I'm really rooting for Al Pacino. Because it's or more Jamie of a, Fox. I got gotcha. you. Like, right. I got gotcha you moment. You underestimated yeah. me. You thought I was washed up. I got gotcha you moment. And yeah. Jamie Foxx, he's playing the cocky player that has to come down to earth and realize that, you right. know, all the It's bigger than him. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to win, coach. I ain't trying to disrespect nobody, but winning is the only thing I respect. In this two hour and 42 opus, uh, they say fuck 117 times. The fuck count, bro. I have to wow. get that. Fuck count is 117? Yeah. Not bad. So Dennis Quaid's house in the movie was actually Dan Marino's house. Really? Why didn't they just get Dan Marino to play Dennis Quaid's right? Part? Exactly. Like the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they probably were. I think that that's what it is. Miami. Dan Marino's like, hey, you're playing a Miami quarterback? Come and stay in my house. I'm a Miami nice. quarterback. I wonder if they still hang out. Yeah, they probably would. What a two boring ass golf game between those two. Don't you guys drive me? I'm worth a million dollars. So. Like I said, Oliver Stone tried to get the NFL on board with this and use real team logos and stadiums for filming. And the NFL was like, go fuck yourself. They weren't having it. They no, having which it. sucks because like, I want to see a real NFL biopic. I want to see that Lawrence Taylor biopic. Yeah, it's kind of surprising when we were looking at football films, even though we found some enjoyable, there's not really many that just stand out as... yeah. The like, Rocky of football films. like Because the A, the NFL doesn't want to like, mess with their product, and these guys are all supposed to be not crazy animals. But there's some there's some epic stories, and there's some epic characters that played this sport, and they've done some crazy things, and some of them are horribly flawed. And we talk about heroes, and let's, that's interesting. They like, can talk about your team, but do the season where you went undefeated until the Super Bowl. Boom. How it's it's not your that? favorite moment, no. but it'd be a great film. Yeah, it, I would not like the ending. It would be like a departed ending for me. Yeah, just like, a little oh, bit. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> always hoping. It was really good, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, was good. it was a good ending, I guess. But God damn it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a shame. I want to see those gritty movies because it's just not the same when these these players are playing and are playing for the Miami Sharks. You're like, I don't know, is it that big of a difference between Miami Dolphins and Sharks? Yeah, it is. It is. It just feels so bootleg XFL. Yeah, exactly. They are gladiators. They are warriors. I think would be really interesting is that Warner Brothers wanted Clint Eastwood to play the role of Al Pacino, which I think would be pretty cool. But Clint also wanted to direct the movie, and they're like, Uh, no, we wanted Oliver to do it. You get one take to do a football film, uh, (laughs) and then his speech, his halftime speech, would be so quiet, like, hey, you guys. No, this is is still You think he would be, get off my... Yeah, 2000... Yeah. 99 Clint Eastwood. Yeah, so he was only like 130 then. He was like 130 years old then, so he's still got a lot of bravado left in him. Obviously, a whole different movie. Oliver Stone put... 3,000 cuts in this movie, dude. 3,000. And not a single one of them was to the American flag. And I know Clint Eastwood <laughs> would have cut to the flag. Yeah, he would have done that. That's an extreme amount of fucking cuts. It's crazy. We had T.O. score two touchdowns for the Sharks. Talking about Terrell Owens? Yeah, T.O. did it. But the NFL didn't want any players doing it. So he did it on a slide and wore 82 instead of his regular number 81. And then you also uh, notice that Lawrence Taylor isn't wearing his signature 56, which if you notice in the replacements and in the program, the middle linebackers are always wearing 56 because that's LT. That's when you're talking about the best yeah. ever that's LT. But he couldn't wear 56 in this movie with 57. So there's a little interesting thing that I think that the NFL like cop locked on, you know? I know what you did, asshole. I'll tell you something kind of segueing. Uh, yep. Jamie Foxx and Al Pacino, yeah. they both won Oscars for playing blind people. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, and- one of them is one of the greatest <laughs> musicians of all time, and the other one's hoo 
but uh, it happened. Go, that's a fact. Yeah, it is. And um, I guess that's why they didn't see this movie being a piece of shit. Hey. Oh, God. That's a Gary <laughs> joke, man. Um, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to be better than that. Yeah, I, I saw it there, and I had to take it. Oh, oh and I did hanging it again. fruit. <laughs> again, the NFL, as I said, tried to even stop this movie, which delayed production uh, up to eight months, dude. Jesus, no wonder Oliver Stone made it two hours and 45 minutes. It's like, you know how long I've waited to yeah. make this film? You're getting all You guys all gave of me it. some time to think about it, and this is what I'm going to do. We'll just cut in some clouds and lightning and Ben-Hur, and you'll figure it out. It's cool. Wow. Yeah, there is a three-minute montage where it actually doesn't just cut in Ben and her. It starts off that way. Yeah. It goes to Ben-Hur, yeah. which is remastered and looking beautiful, by the way. He doesn't care about the football as much as he cares about the spectacle and the way the relationships intertwine. Yeah, which is like cool. Like, like, yes, that's what I want. But I just want, when you're having a scene between Al Pacino and Jamie Foxx, who are like going head to head, like it's a really good scene. And then you just cut away to clouds. You cut away to this, cut away. And you're like, just let him stay breathe, with man. It. Just stay let's with just, it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's. When let's, he should have cut away to clouds was when Al Pacino was doing scenes with Cameron Diaz. Oh my God. Who, listen, Cameron Diaz in the mask, something about Mary. She's the rom-coms. She's, when yeah. she decided to try to hold her own with Pacino and yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis and Gangs yeah. of New York. It's just not. Like, if you watch any given Sunday, you'll notice Al Pacino is uncharacteristically quiet in many of the scenes he does because they have a lot of these shouting back and forth scenes. Just to give her some power in the scene, he kind of does the lean back. Uh, oh, yeah. He's just like, here, all right, here, yeah. let's just... Go ahead and shout. Go, I'm, I'm letting you get it out. But, yeah, I'm all for trying different things and stepping out of your comfort zone. But when it can, comes to Cameron Diaz, I kind of wish you wouldn't, you know? Oh. Like, you're awesome in those m- movies. It's great, you know? Like, hey, you're just not that and that type of... And, and she had to know that, obviously. And I don't like saying that, but that's just a fact, Jack. It is what it is, man. There's winners and there's losers on any given Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> she took the L, dude. She did. So where can people see this film, Doge? Um, You're going to have to rent this one or go over to Gary's house and watch it on Blu-ray, which we did. Yeah, so rent it on Amazon Prime <laughs> or come over to my place. Hit me up. We'll watch it on Blu-ray. I will not. I'm not watching this again. I think I'm permanently retired on any given Sunday. Don't need to see it again. If I have to watch it again, you have to watch it again. <laughs> Life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football... The margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. So Doge, uh, we have gone through four quarters of football, but I gotta tell you something. What? This game is tied up and we're going to overtime. Oh no. We got overtime. This shit might get necessarily rough with necessarily roughness. This year, the Texas State Armadillos are a little short on talent. From 1991, directed by Stan Dragati. That's right, Mr. Mom himself. Hey, Dragati, Mr. Gadati. This film stars Hector Alonso as Coach Ed Gennaro, Scott Bakula as Paul Blake playing the 34-year-old freshman quarterback that looks 40. Robert Lagala as Coach Wally Wig. We got Sinbad, a very young Jason Bateman, and of course, in his first football film, Andrew Barnarski. Wow. I wasn't expecting to go to OT here, but (laughs) fill me in on necessary roughness. Let me explain what happened. So I was watching the replacements and Amazon said, playing next, necessary roughness. And I just (laughs) didn't hit stop. We'll be the laughing stock of college football. What do you think we are now? Damn, you went I went replacements, necessary roughness. So you're damn right we're talking about them both. Uh, All right, that's cool. (laughs) What this film is about is after winning the title at Texas State University, the Fighting armadillos are caught in a massive cheating and doping scandal. And due to NNCAA sanctions, they must now form a football team using their actual student body. People with no scholarships to help them. That's how they're going to play their football schedule. And they managed to gather 17 players and they decide to play Iron Man style. It's fucking awesome. Nobody thinks a team of wannabes 
led by a has-been, can make it through the season. Wow. Yes, I remember this movie from my childhood. I remember the cover art, too. The, the football on there, necessary roughness. Well, it's funny you should mention the cover art. This film was modeled after Paramount's previously successful sports film, one of my favorites of all time, Major League. So we, you took us to overtime just so you could talk about Major League. This was your whole play <laughs> all along. I saw that. <laughs> um, yes. Major League, Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes. All right. All right. Um, We're doing a Major League oh, episode. I know that. It's coming. I know that. <laughs> I remember watching this movie as a kid. I don't think it really connected, but I do remember you forgot somebody in this movie, and that somebody is Kathy Ireland. Well, yes, that is true. She becomes the, uh, the kicker, first female right? kicker in their history. Women take over sport, man. Yeah, yeah. Kathy Ireland was like my first uh, real like crush as a kid. Really? I, I was not bad, Kathy Ireland. That's not bad. You know, I a little her calendar, and then what was funny is that I remember going. She, she Kathy Ireland had a clothing line in like Kmart, and I remember me and my buddy. You would didn't go, go trying to, on her stuff. No, did we you? didn't go. But <laughs> but I would take the tag that had a picture of her on it. Take that home. So I wouldn't steal the clothes, but I'd take the picture of her on the clothes off. That's that is I, the sorriest thing. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't shit. know how old I was. It was like 10. I don't know what else to do, but I think that was a that was a good move there. Uh, so the Dean is a total fucking slime ball in this, and he hates football. Right. So he tries to set them up for disaster, and he gets them a scrimmage game. Well, he brings in a state institution, a convict football team made up by Dick Butkus, Jim <laughs> Kelly, and Jerry Rice. Yes. And what's hilarious is they kick the shit out of the fighting armadillos in 0.3 seconds, yeah. but they're super polite while they do it. And on the way out, Evander Holyfield, as he's boarding the bus, says, I don't feel so good. I think I swallowed a finger. And it's kind of like a foreshadowing because years later, Mike Tyson bit part of his ear off. Yeah. So unnecessary roughness predicted. Simpsons did it first. Wow. Well, yeah, that's what happens, man. You bite a finger off in a fake movie, you're going to lose a real ear in the future. Scott Bakula, Mr. Quantum Leap himself, he basically crushes on this teacher, Suzanne, and when he goes to her house after he gets into a brawl at a bar... You know, we gotta, gotta have a drink at a bar. Gotta have a brawl. Hey, come on, you don't wanna mess with us. We're nobody. She admits to him that she used to be a cheerleader and that his high school played her high school and he decimated their high school and crushed her boyfriend and that it was 1975. So by that math, he is 34 years old as a freshman college student. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. What did, how did they let that slide? They claimed he was 32 in the film. Yeah. So it's not that big of a stretch. But when you do the math, that's basically what's up. I hope he gets younger as he gets closer. You know the movie's awesome when you start like finding out birth dates and putting the timeline together because that means you you're really engaged in the movie. You're like, Wait a minute, seventy five. Let me carry the one. Hey, he's thirty four. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Necessary roughness takes you to overtime, and I just won by field goal. Oh. Kathy Ireland, nineteen no. to sixteen. She broke my heart once again. Oh my god. <laughs> Necessary roughness. So when you're doing a football movie, you need a crazy defensive player. Yeah. Check. Check. You need an arrogant skill position. Wide receiver or running back. Need yeah. that. Yeah. You need a QB love interest story. Just yeah. you just yeah. need it. Which like, replacement really, wins that hand yeah. down? Sorry. You need a dopey white dude. Is it only a quarterback love? Um it, you're because Omar Epps in the Halle Berry. He had a love interest too. Yeah. yeah. Other people can have love interest, but uh I think that there's like always a protagonist talk. needs a love yeah. interest. And then you're gonna have to have a star player get injured. Gotta do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you gotta have something to overcome. You gotta have the position battles. You gotta have the hard rock montage of hard hitting practice. You need that. You yeah. need that to get you yeah. through. You need to have beers with the buds. And and hopefully capped with a bar fight at the end of the oh, night. Oh, of course, yeah. And that. I really hope it's against the rival team or would be great or some formidable some opponent. Hater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just something some like yeah, Maybe someone's job. You or took. they're sticking up for like, hey, 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 leave there's, those chicks yeah. alone. And be like, I know you. They're you're, sticking up for Roy from the office, and you're that piece of shit football player. And then it's like it's on, yeah. yeah. And then boom, Come gotta have that camaraderie. 
Yes. You need that veteran rookie dynamic. Yeah, that passing the torch kind of yeah. thing going on. Got to have an old coach. Can't even have a young coach. Like No, no, you can't have a young like, coach. If Sean McVay, the coach from the Rams, like he is, he couldn't be in a movie. They couldn't no. do Sean McVay. Like, no. It's no. crazy. You have to be old. Yes. You have to be really old. You have to be like at least 60. And you got to be able to deliver a pump-up speech. And you have to be out of touch with the current game. So you have to adjust your oldness. Yes. To the current games. What you need those? You also need in this movie, you need a quarterback to get hit uh in the air and have him spin around, kind of like when John Elway did in the Super Bowl. Like you need that slow motion quarterback gets hit, he spins around, oh my god, he lands, you're like, whoa, need that. Every one of these movies has that. And I would almost argue you can't go wrong with too much slow motion until I rewatched any given Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you can't go crazy with the slow motion, but I'm not mad at the first 15 minutes of slow motion. Yeah, but yeah. But once, once you, you cross that kind of allotment, you're like, yeah, I will say, though, any given Sunday has the best long-lensed football being launched through the air you coming at that. the camera shots. They have oh. two of them, and one of them must be 20 seconds long. I don't know how it they is. keep it in focus that yeah. long, and it's, per- it's, it's so poetry. Tight. I would actually just go to the IMAX and watch like footballs flying. You know? <laughs> they're shot that well <laughs> like, and thrown that it well. Is, it is cool. And yeah, every one of these movies has that shot, but any given Sunday definitely does the best. So out of the four quarters and one overtime <laughs> quarter <laughs> that I sprung upon you, which film do you think does it the best that symbolizes these tropes and puts them all together in a pretty package? For oh, dude, it's, it's Friday Night Lights for me, dude. Yeah. It, has, it has them all without being so so obvious on it yeah i have to agree friday night lights so the those are the tropes in the in the movies that uh and yeah i think friday night lights is my favorite one out of them all for sure nice nice um i think major league is my favorite (laughs) yeah i was gonna that's the second place (laughs) one for sure so so when can uh cinematic quicksand listeners be expecting your football script I mean, right here, I gave the I gave the blueprint to everybody. I, uh, that's all you need. You just add all these to a pot and then walk away and come back an hour later and it will be ready, dude. Like the script will be ready. There you go. It that's writes the blueprint. itself. That's the blueprint, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so we'll be expecting that script from you by next episode. Yeah, all right, man. <laughs> all right, uh, NFL season starts September 9th with a Thursday night game because the NFL insists on dominating multiple nights out of the week. And Doge, you are okay with that. And uh, it's been a lot of fun doing this episode with you. I wish your team a good season and I wish my team a better season. Yes. Good luck to you, buddy. I'm excited for this football season to to start. Follow me on Twitter for uh, fantasy football advice. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, man, I'm about to uh, take this jockstrap off and hit the showers, dude. I couldn't find one that fits. I remember when I, I played freshman football, I had to go get a cup, you know, and I remember my mom taking me to go get it. And oh, so me just like bursting into like the, the sports bar and be like, I need the biggest cup you got. She's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, my dick is huge. I'm a 14 year old fat kid. And like, what is this kid? And with that being said, <laughs> I am Gary Michael Schultz. And I'm the Doge. And this is Cinematic Quicksand. And remember, clear eyes, full hearts, can't, can't lose. lose. You get out of here before I knock the piss out of you. Cinematic Quicksand on all your favorite social media and podcast platforms. Music for Cinematic Quicksand was written and performed by Rudy Mancuso and Jamie Rice.